Hi, this is Langley Kirkwood. I play Walter Buckley on Cinemax's Warrior, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Join me tonight all the way from South Africa, actor, extreme athlete, currently starring as Mr. Walter Buckley on Cinemax's Warrior, Langley Kirkwood. Langley, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast tonight. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and it's good to be here. You are the first duck to join me from the show, so the uh, privilege and the honor is all yours, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's good to hear and I'll waddle my way over across the, across, <laughs> across the pond. Nice. Well, first, uh, congrats on season two. Uh, that must have been really exciting for the whole cast when that happened. Thanks so much. Yeah, for sure. The cast also expanded a bit, which yeah. was great. And we got some really, really interesting dynamic characters in for season two, which I'm sure the fans are going to enjoy. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, it's a fantastic show. I think it's a very unique show. And like you said, a really, really great cast. When did you think that you were going to be part of something that was good enough to get that renewal for season two. Cause I, when you're in season yeah. one, you, you got, you all are probably, you know, hemming and hawing about it and kind of hoping that you get that. When did you personally think this is it? Yeah. You know, um, I think one thing the cast all agreed on from the, from the get go from the very beginning was that we were all part of something really special, something important and, and something that was, that was bigger than any, you know, single one of us as actors, and the fact that the writing was so good, the way the cast just clicked from the first table read, um, the incredible costumes and the phenomenally authentic sets that we have. You know, these were all aspects that got us excited about the show, but uh, one never really knows how it's going to turn out. But, uh, you know, when HBO sent out the season one screeners, I think we, we all took it all took our excitement up a few notches and 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 there was certainly that was certainly when i felt not only that we were going to go again but that we were all potentially part of of a, a show that that could become something huge so i don't think anyone was was really deep down in any doubt whether we'd go again though when we were busy shooting season one it just felt so good wow it felt the show just felt so right so um, and it isn't often that you do a show where you are, you know, you you are filled with, with that kind of confidence. So that was that was really cool. I guess it also it just freed us up to really just focus on the work and and not have to worry about all that other you know outside stuff that's sometimes in the back of your mind as an actor when you you, you are worrying about you know the the nuts and bolts of making a living. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of something special, this is a, a Bruce Lee baby. Yeah. Did that add any kind of weight to uh, to all of you guys when you were thinking about bringing this to life and just making it something special? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because uh, he's larger than life. He is. I mean, he's he's he is an icon, and and because of his legacy and because of what he represents to so many people around the world, you know, he is he's definitely one of those figures. He's kind of, I guess. The kind of figure that Muhammad Ali was for me when I was mm -hmm. was small, mm -hmm. 
He's one of those people that inspires, you know, he inspires people. And, and it's amazing that he continues to do this so long after he's, he's dematerialized. But, uh, you know, he's, he's very much still with us in spirit. And to be part of, of his legacy and part of something that he created and, and left behind to inspire future generations, it's, it's, it is an honor and a privilege. And I think we were all very cognizant of that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I do want to ask about, though, uh, the the show isn't PC <laughs> in terms of some of the language that's used. Uh, no, or content. <laughs> yes. The uh, now when you when you guys are um, kind of confronting that 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 script, uh, d- does it make any of you guys uncomfortable when you have to <laughs> when you have to you know call your fellow actors chinks and they have things like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know I think. Um, I think there was just such a high level of of respect for everyone's work on the show. You know, I think the racism uh, in the show is it is an intrinsic part of it, and it yeah. it really is is amazing how it re- it's it's mirroring so much of what's going on in the U.S. right now in yeah. terms of in terms of 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 racism, politics, in terms of immigration, in terms of us really seeing the underbelly of humanity and and. We're being tested right now in the, in our world, and I guess that the show is mirroring that. You know, it, it's hard sometimes to hang on to your your humanity, and I don't think there was ever any any issue. I think we're all you know seasoned seasoned actors on the show, and 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 everyone can differentiate between you know what you say in on on the page, what what's said on the page, what's said in the scene, and 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 how we are and how we feel and how you know what we are like in, in, in ourselves as people. I mean, you know, I've often killed people on screen and, and I've died many times. And, and you know, I don't go out and, and kill people. I don't have any murderous feelings toward towards anyone. So, it's you know, it's, it, is, it, is, it is part of the art form, I suppose. It's got to help that you guys seem to have such a nice camaraderie with each other and you seem like such a tight group, just all of you. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because I'm I'm the only one who's essentially um, in, in the in the regular amongst the series regulars that is actually based in Cape Town at the moment or when we're shooting, and who has family there. I mean, some of the cast do bring their family out, um, but but I, I'm I'm still very much involved in my Cape Town world when I'm shooting. So when a lot of the the cast are socializing i'm i'm often saying sorry guys i can't make it tonight because you know my son has a school function on or this or the other <laughs> so i often feel that i'm i'm like buckley i'm i'm something of an outsider which is not a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> but but the cast is really tight and we've had a lot of fun together and we do go on adventures together and uh, it is a very special unit and very much a family fantastic and uh Speaking of Cape Town, it yeah. does film right there in your backyard. I know very little about Cape Town other than what has made it to the news. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, I had no yeah. idea that it was so beautiful. Some of the mm, pictures are it, incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it, I, obviously I do say this with a, a rather large amount of, of bias, but to me, Cape Town really is the most beautiful city in the world. Mm. Um you know, not just because it's home, but I, I spend a lot of time, obviously, traveling to some some pretty incredible places. And no matter where I've been in the world, you know, the feeling always hits me when I get home. Uh, that feeling is just, oh my God, it, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and and it is. Look, it's a city of of many layers. It's very complex. It's 
it is it has a lot of natural beauty and there are so many amazing elements to it there are some i mean if you like if you're if you're a culinary uh, expert or you know you just like really good restaurants it's an incredible city because there are so many amazing places to eat the food is in a top 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 level and uh, we have some amazing wines, but one of the first thing that hits you uh, when you land in Cape Town Airport is the sprawl of shacks and townships and low-cost housing, you know, that's spread out for miles mm-hmm. around the airport. So that's the first thing people see when they when they come into Cape Town, which is not a bad thing because it's you know it's g- giving them a kind of realistic kind of wake up as to how many hundreds of thousands of people there are living in abject poverty here. And then just a few miles away in Constantia, there are people living in palatial homes among really beautiful vineyards in the mountains. And it's, you know, it's that, it's that mix of first world and third world, yeah. uh, which is, which is, you can, if you're a tourist here, you can, you can choose to, to, to turn, a, turn the other way and, and not look at it um, as many people do. But, you know, what was so great, um, I was just so proud of, of the, our international actors in, on, on the show is that uh, a lot of them got really involved with with you know some some charity work in in the townships in Kailicha and Umfuleni and um you know Shannon Shannon uh, Lee when she was out this last season with with a, a lot of the cast the international cast you know led by Olivia and um and Hoon and who's ama- Hoon Lee's amazing wife Sakaya yeah. They, and and Perry, they they kind of drove. There's an amazing charity called Match Matchbox, and um, Matchbox helps. It's it, they have a, like a, a bunch of of nurseries for young kids in the townships, but then they also provide a safe place for teenage girls to come if they're vulnerable in any way mm. near or go, getting home in the afternoon if there's no one at home. So there's things to do. There's ways. To to get involved and and to help out, um, but it is an incredible city. It's 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 there's a lot of natural beauty. There are lots of activities one can do, kind of running running on the mountain, riding a mountain bike. We've got some amazing bike trails, some amazing surf. You know, there's 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 I could go on and on, you, and 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 I, I will if you want me to. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go go into it, of course. It's a lovely city. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I do. Re- I do recommend if you ever get the chance to come visit that you do so. Yeah, I, I can. I can hear the pride when you speak about it. <laughs> but how did you come to live in Cape Town? Because you were born in the UK, right? I was born in the UK, and I have brothers who live in the UK, and my father spends half of his time there and half his time in the Caribbean, which is where he's actually from. Ah, but okay. um, I, I don't actually identify as a Brit, even though I, I'm, you know, lucky enough to have a, a British passport and. I, I do spend a lot of time there with my family. I, I, um, I identify as, as, as a South African, as an African, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, and I, how I got to Cape Town was I was, I would, I'd just finished studying and I was working and living in Johannesburg, um, mostly doing theater uh, with the odd little stint on, in television up there. And a director who'd been one of my lecturers at drama school was going down to Cape Town to do a Shakespeare in the Park, and uh, it was it was Twelfth Night, and she offered me a part, and I took it, and I never left. <laughs> I went down, absolutely fell in love with the city. I'd, I'd been down there before on holiday, but this was this was the first time I'd actually ever spent any length of time there, um, actually living and working there, and I didn't want to leave, and. Uh, I didn't. Wow. 
That's cool. Now, uh, Cape Town, uh, one of the other things about Cape Town that I didn't know was that showbiz was such a big industry there. Yeah. What drew you into acting, and is the industry there as big as it seems now that I've been exposed to it a little bit more? Yeah, well, I'm, I, you know, I touched on the natural beauty of the place, and, and what is also incredible about Cape Town is that there's a lot of diversity in, in the locations. We've got huge pine forests high up in the mountains, 20 minutes away, you're on a beautiful white pristine beach. Another half an hour's drive away, you're in sand dunes that could double for the Sahara Desert. And then, and then you've got the city, which can, you know, it, it, it could double for any major city anywhere in the world. So that kind of diversity is very appealing to filmmakers, whether it be for television commercials, which is kind of where the film industry in Cape Town started up really as a destination for commercials. And then as we kind of built our infrastructure up, you know, more and more television drama and, and film productions started arriving in the city because they realized that, you know, this is a country that has great locations. They've got good daylight, really good natural light and, and a lot of sun and, and great crews. Our crews are really up there with the best in the world. And we have some phenomenal cinematographers here. I think you'll agree the cinematography on, on, uh, on Warrior is exceptional. Definitely. And that's, you know, you know, one of our DOPs. We alternate DOPs, you know, from block to block. But Michael Snayman is, you know, he's he's a he's an Emmy Emmy nominated uh, cinematographer in his own right. That's an example of the, you know, the kind of we've got some some really skilled individuals yeah. working out here. So I, I think that's that's why it's become such a a great destination. Obviously, the exchange rate, if you've got dollars or euros or pounds, is is I mean, it's it's amazing. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> And what about uh, your uh, step into acting? You you mentioned your your stint in Johannesburg. Um, what started that that bug for you? I I don't know. I mean, I was the baby in the family. I was the youngest of three kids, and you know, I think as the baby, you always feel you have to speak the loudest to be heard. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, that's that's always what I felt. So. I, I don't know. I guess I was just looking looking for a larger audience, uh, someone who someone who would listen to me. <laughs> but my my best buddy and I, growing up, we would watch movies on his parents' VCR. And in the neighborhood I, I grew up in, there, there weren't many of those around at the time. We were years behind the states in terms of technology because there was, you know, there was this was at the height of apartheid, and there was, the, you know, cultural sanctions happening, and so we were really kind of hungry for any kind of outside culture that we could lay our hands on. And his parents had quite a cool collection of movies, so we would we would watch the films, and then we'd run out into the yard and and reenact them. <laughs> and you know, even then, kind of at the age of six or seven, I, I knew. I, with crystal clarity that this is that that was what I wanted to do when I was big. So you know, I went to school and and I was performing in plays early on at school, and then I chose a high school that actually offered drama as part of its curriculum. And uh, yeah, and I just I always knew it's what I was going to do. And then uh, I enrolled in a, a good uh, university that had a really good drama course in Johannesburg, and and went on to to study and. And did that, and then and then moved straight into the theater. Wow! From was there. there was there never anyone along the way who said, "Listen, acting is great and all, but you kind of have to get a job." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there always, and there are still. I mean, even to this day, <laughs> you know, I I bump into old friends from childhood, and they kind of look at me 
with with pity, I think it is in their eyes, and kind of goes. <laughs> so, uh, so Lang, you still you're still doing that acting thing, huh? <laughs> Like <laughs> the subtext there is obviously like when you're going to grow up and and get a and get a steady job. I guess they're not fans of Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I guess the show is, is airing here at the moment, okay. and and it is it really, really it's so popular here. Good. It's, it has a it has a really big audience here, and everyone who's who I've spoken to about the show is absolutely in love with it they think it's incredible so so you know very grateful that, that that's the case and um, I think they're gonna I think everyone's gonna enjoy season two even more awesome. all right so you have been you've done theater you've been on screen I, I've caught you in banshee and black sales what kind of roles are you drawn to or is it right now a case of you just want to do as much as you can <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about doing as much as I can, but certainly, you know, I don't have a type. Uh, honestly, I, I don't. I get such a buzz and such joy from performing. I always feel that you know, I'm I'm just so privileged to be working uh, and and working on something so good at the moment. I'm I'm in love with every character that I play. Um, you can you can bet your bottom dollar that no matter who I'm playing, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. <laughs> and and I, I mean I, you know I, I when I was younger and, and still doing theater doing a lot more theater I, I would I would take work on 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 daily television on soaps when I was a young kind of actor in my early 20s and I, I, I got to the point where I realized that I, that that kind of work would have would probably have been soul destroying and and from then on I made a clear conscious decision to just try and do really good work and try and you know, Take take work on, on, on shows where no matter who you're playing, the writing is going to be a, a pleasure to deliver and you're going to be working with fantastic people. And so I'm just very grateful that that's how my life is panning out. Yeah. Well, how did you get involved with Warrior then? Well, there's the short answer and there's the long answer. The short answer would be just two words, Jonathan Tropper. Mm, okay. Um, that simple. But the more, if you if you want to, if you're up to listening to the, Slightly more complex, convoluted uh, version of that. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, I, I very nearly didn't get to do the show. Um, wow. I'd obviously, I'd obviously worked with JT before on Banshee, mm -hmm. and I had just returned to South Africa to shoot a feature film called Mia and the White Lion. It was a, a film project that we shot over a three and a half year period. And I was about to kick off the last block of that, and and Melanie Laurent, who is my co-star in the film, she was working on a film somewhere in South America, I think with Oscar Isaacs or someone, and 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 it, it, her dates on that movie got pushed, so it meant our dates got pushed. So I was kind of in 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 hanging in Cape Town in limbo, so to speak, and I went for a run on my local run in a place called Chapman's Peak, which is the most phenomenally beautiful run. It's a bit like Big Sur. It's kind of coastal highway on the cliffs and it's just incredible and i was i'd come back from my run and i saw this this person practicing what i thought was i assumed was tai chi on the beach but he was doing it with a sword in his hand and and standing on one leg and balancing a, a water bottle on his head wow and um and i was fascinated and i went down to him and i kind of just watched him and and when he was done, I, I started a conversation with the guy, and turns out that he was a genuine <laughs> kung fu master, a real sifu, uh, and he was, you know, fluent in Mandarin and, and Cantonese, and he had a, uh, his English was was not bad, and uh, we were able to have a conversation. 
And um, I took his card and I emailed it. To, I emailed Jonathan Tropper immediately because I knew JT was coming down to shoot a pilot in Cape Town, uh, and I knew I'd, all I knew about it was that it was something to do with kung fu. So I uh, I mailed him this guy's information and and just said this guy might be of use to you and your 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 pilot. And by the way, my dates have been pushed on my movie. So I think we might be at town and in town at the same time. So if we are, let's do dinner. And five minutes later, I got a call from him to say, you know, I actually thought you'd be great for a role in my show, but your reps said you were unavailable. So this this changes everything. Wow. Um, and, and can I send you the script? And if you like it, could you tape an audition for me as soon as possible and send it over? And I think this was on a Friday. And uh, he sent the script, and obviously, I, you know, I read it and fell madly in love with Walter Buckley. And I, I taped the, I taped the audition with some friends that weekend. I was at my girlfriend's house, and we were having a like a lunch party. And and while it was going on outside, I was with my friends inside taping. You can actually on the audition tape, you can hear kids running around and screaming <laughs> in the background. <laughs> and then I, yeah, I, I sent it off that Sunday night, and then literally the next day. Uh, I got an email back to say HBO have approved you. We're just going to see if we can make your dates work. Wow! Because there was there was still a, a clash of dates between between the pilot and my film, but they were able to to make it work and 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 shoot me out in the first like ten days of the of the pilot. And uh, wow, man, I'm I'm so grateful that I that it that it worked out because it's it's just it's been such a joy i love those stories of serendipity and 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 timing uh, only because the characters in warrior are so great because you guys do such a great job with all of them i can't see anybody else's buckley so i i don't know that i would accept anybody else's buckley because of the way that you <laughs> yeah. do it so man that's awesome thanks man <laughs> well it was yeah i i was i interestingly enough i i auditioned for for buckley clean shaven Oh wow! Because <laughs> right, and I, I didn't even I hadn't even thought of him with a beard at that stage, and and then when we after the casting had happened and we were we were we were getting closer to shooting the pilot, Jonathan said, you know, I, I see him with a beard, and it's interesting because I hadn't seen him with the beard, but 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 now I can't imagine him with the beard is so much a yes. part of <laughs> yes, it's like Buck Buckley's beard, <laughs> it's you know it's absolutely. <laughs> It's it's like almost as much a part of him as as his prosthetic limb. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, we're gonna get into that too. But um, <laughs> what, what uh, one of the things that that uh, I kind of said to myself as I was watching is like I can I can almost hear Buckley slither when he walks. <laughs> so <laughs> something's going on with that dude. <laughs> Oh man, you know he's just misunderstood. Oh, There's nothing okay. reptilian about him, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, now, uh, were you a Bruce Lee fan uh, prior to getting involved with Warrior? You know, I must confess, I didn't actually discover you know the genius of Bruce Lee until I was a teenager. Mm, okay. um, for whatever reason, I, I just wasn't exposed to to much action as a small child. You know, the, the movies that I watched with my friends, for, maybe the parents, I guess, were, were being good parents that didn't want us to see too much violence, I'm not sure. But the movies that that I was exposed to then were mostly like dramas and comedies and a lot of golden oldies, you know, your Casablancas and things like that. So when I actually did discover him, I was, I was in my teens. And it's not that I... 
I hadn't been into, wasn't into any kind of martial arts, but I was, I was probably more of a boxing fan. Mm -hmm. And like I touched on earlier, I was a big Muhammad Ali fan. He was my icon. So Bruce Lee was never my icon. I, I didn't have posters of him on my wall, but interestingly enough, a lot of my, of my close friends did. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when I did discover him and start watching, seeing his films, I think the thing that struck me about him was just the style with which he moved. You know, he was, for me, he was dancing um, as much as he was fighting in those scenes. He he just, he really was in a class of his own and, and, and kind of took the arts in martial arts to another level, especially from like, from an audience perspective, you know, visually. It, it really, you, you, you watched him, you, he's still to this day, you watch him, it's like he's just the grace with which he moves and the precision, everything is, is just so precise. It's kind of, he really was a master of his, of his art form on so many different levels. All right. So knowing what Bruce Lee brought to the martial arts game uh, and then understanding that this was a Bruce Lee project as yeah. an extreme athlete that you are, were you hoping that you were going to get some fighting or some boxing in there with your character? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I must be honest, I kind of knew from the get-go that this was going to be a character who, uh, he was just not going to be in the mix as, mm. as much as some of the others in terms of the fight scenes, you know, that, that his, wep his weapons of choice would be his mind mm. and his tongue <laughs> rather than his, his fists and his feet. Um, so, I didn't know, but I, I suspected the stunt teams, there, there's always an open invitation for me to come in and train as much as I want with uh, with all the other actors. And I really enjoyed that that aspect um, of of my character on Banshee and and getting going getting into the to the dojo on a regular basis and and mixing it up with the stunt guys. And I'm probably the only lead actor who doesn't get in there on a regular basis <laughs> to 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 fight train. And I I just I don't think it's, it's right for this character. I mean, sure. I don't need to get in that mindset. And I. You know, honestly, uh, most of the time, I I think the stunt guys know that I I do get a fair amount of exercise in um, in my own time, right. and they just let me. They know, they know I'm not going to like gain a, a whole whole lot of weight during the season and eat myself out of continuity. So they they just let me be. I think, and <laughs> and, and and now when I say I'm going to see you guys soon, I think I think they just kind of shake their heads. And go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll. we'll <laughs> We'll, we'll believe that when we see it. But I, I actually, you know, I'm, I love my character so much that I, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Um, it's such a joy when I see my, my fellow actors do their fight scenes. Um, they they all just doing such a good job. Um, it's, I, don't, I don't have any FOMO. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because uh, uh, being the the extreme athlete, ironically, you're playing the character with the prosthetic leg, right? <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, this is in itself. This is a, a quite a large. It's a big physical challenge. Mm. Buckley, from an actor's perspective, has obviously has his own challenges physically, and 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 that appealed to me greatly. And you know, I, I just the, playing this role and, and playing this character with this physical disability also just gave me great respect. For people who live with with physical disabilities, uh, things you take for granted every day, when you have two working limbs and uh, you, you suddenly you're in a position where you have to think about 
about every, just about, you know, there's so many everyday tasks that are, are really challenging when you have one leg. So I'm playing this character has left me with a profound respect for, for people who, who for some, I guess, for whatever reason, lose limbs, whether it be in, in battle, whether it be in automobile accidents or through disease. So many people that I know in these, in these, and have spoken to in these situations, they just have such amazing mindsets. And, and a lot of them have had to go to some very dark places which we may explore a little <laughs> bit in season two. Um, you're clearly having a lot of fun playing Buckley. I can hear that in, in the way you describe it. Yeah. Um, I have a theory on on how he lost his leg, though. I'm thinking that he was a bare-knuckle fighter, and uh, he probably lost it in a fight somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You and I are thinking along the, the same wavelength. Um, nice. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish there could be, the, the, you know, the, the great thing is about our, our the, the show is, is also that our writers listen to our mm. crazy ideas when we come to them and say, you know, what about, what about if, if Walter would, you know, had done this and that and the other. And usually they, the, the writers just kind of shake their heads and <laughs> look sideways at each other and go, here's Langley again with another one of his harebrained <laughs> ideas. But occasionally they actually do listen to your ideas. And, and so that is great that the writers will always be open to our suggestions and, and, and they do sometimes use them. But no, you, you, do, you will discover, you will get an idea in season two uh, a little bit more about Buckley's backstory and, and you may or may not uh, find out about what oh, happened cool. to his leg. But it's, there's, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave he's it at got, that. I think uh, out of all of the characters in the show, he's got the deepest agenda, the most insidious agenda. Yeah, um, and that, it, that's got to be that's got to be fun to explore. So it is. Um, who do you think Buckley serves? Well, you know, I think ultimately, in his mind, he, he is the hero of this story, and uh, he, ultimately, he's he's serving himself mm, mm-hmm. first and foremost. You know. I guess, secondly, for the greater good of San Francisco, and he, he, and, and and he definitely thinks, you know, he's 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 working for the greater good of mankind on some level. Um, but yeah, he's 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 looking after Walter Buckley. Yeah. He's not he's not really. I mean, you know, there's there's obviously this relationship between uh, him and Crestwood that's been established, and that does continue. We do see Senator Crestwood again in season two, so. You know he is he is a political animal, and and he'll obviously he'll go with the prevailing wind when it suits him, <laughs> and uh, and he'll sail against it. You know he'll sail into the wind when it doesn't suit him, yeah. and and uh, and his needs and interests. But he's very much looking after number one. <laughs> He's great. He's great, and you play him so well. It's um, thank you. It's it's always interesting to to watch just the uh, the quiet moments with other characters when Buckley's in the room because Buckley by himself commands just so much attention just <laughs> just by shuffling into the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my mother said something like that the other day. She said, "You're really good at being still and just doing nothing." <laughs> That's great. And fortunately, she was talking about me in the show, not in real life. <laughs> well, because in real life, you 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 do everything that is uh, the furthest from from standing still, <laughs> um, being an accomplished Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this he's he's definitely very far removed from Langley in many ways. <laughs> well, how did you get started with the extreme athlete uh, stuff? I mean, that's that's a dedication beyond dedication. Uh, you know, I, I'm not exactly entirely sure even today what the real reason is behind that. But it was I can tell you when it was. I was I was 34. And I'd just come off seven months straight of shooting a miniseries for HBO called Generation Kill. Mm. And uh, so I'd been playing a recon marine, but it was based on a true story about a Rolling Stone journalist who was a Rolling Stone magazine journalist who was embedded with a platoon of reconnaissance marines spearheading the invasion into Iraq in Operation Iraqi Freedom in 2003. And I, so I spent seven months playing a, a recon marine and pretty much driving around in a Humvee in South Africa and Namibia and Mozambique. And during that time, I was, you know, in my downtime, smoking a lot of cigarettes and not getting enough exercise. And wow. I, I, yeah, I was, I, was, I was one of those actors, man. I was one of those unhealthy, cigarette-smoking, deviant in many ways <laughs> kind of young actor. Right. And uh, and something shifted when I got home, man. I looked at my kids, and I, I I went for I went for a run, and I had like a coughing fit, and I thought I've got to shift something here. Something something's got to change my life. I don't want my kids to grow up with a, a dad who's who's sick and smoking and and coughing and just dying basically. Yeah. And and something switched in my head, and I, I made the decision to get super fit and and healthy, and I did. Um, wow. And and I started exercising straight up straight away, and 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 a friend of mine photographed the Ironman competition in South Africa every year from the back of a motorbike, and uh, I I'd, I'd expressed interest in doing a triathlon, and she said, you know, don't don't mess around with any of those little ones. Why don't you just just enter Ironman and you'll be fine. <laughs> so wow. So. Funnily enough, Ironman South Africa, the, I, I, the first one that I did, was my, it was my first ever triathlon. It was the first time I'd run a marathon. It was the first time I'd swum 4Ks in the ocean. It was, it was, it was a first in many, in, many, in many ways, but I was, I was immediately hooked. And it's become part of my life now. Hold on. Hold on one second. It was the first time that you did all of that stuff. And when you were done, you were hooked? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. How much pain were you in though? The, the first the first one uh, funnily enough I wasn't in that much pain uh during the race. I th- I, I think I just went out there and I and I enjoyed it and yeah. I I trained properly. You know, it's all about the training sure. really. It's about the time you put in and um and I had trained properly. I, the second the second one was way tougher because I, I went out too hard and I, I, I suppose I had serious aspirations and I'd gone way too hard on the bike mm. and I completely blew on the run. And then and then the next year I used the, I learned from all my mistakes and and then I had the most phenomenal time. My third Ironman was was amazing. And then I entered a fourth one, and I was about to do it. I was I was in the town where we race it in Port Elizabeth and I had the race wristband on and. And that was the night I got a call from the States from Bob Phillips, who was the producer on, on Banshee. And he just said, <laughs> uh, Langley, I'm afraid, you know, we, if we're going to make your, your work visa work, if we're going to get your work permit in time, you're going to have to get on a plane tomorrow. So I very happily said goodbye to my <laughs> Iron Man aspirations and jumped on a plane and went to shoot Banshee, which, yeah. you know obviously changed my life fantastic your best race was that the one where you finished ninth in your age group yeah 
That's right. Nine, nine seems to be my number because I've done a bunch of, of half Ironman races as well. And, and nine is a, is a number that I seem to uh, often seem to finish ninth for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's my lucky number. Who knows? <laughs> well, top 10 in anything, uh, you know, that involves any number of people is pretty impressive. So congrats. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I've Thank done you. some sprint triathlons. Nice. Um, the Ironman is so daunting. I, I don't know that I could, I, I could get myself well, discipline wise. <laughs> Yeah, you know how old are you? If I may ask, I am actually going to turn forty-eight this October. So, oh wow, dude, we're we're similar age. You're you're in a good. It's a good. It's a good time to do it. You know what they they say that if you wait for the endurance stuff until you're older, yes, you know you you're actually it's actually better for your for your limbs and your joints because if you do the stuff when you're too young and your your joints are still growing, I believe until we're in our mid to late twenties. And and you can really do yourself an injury. So I think forty eight's probably a great time to do an Ironman. <laughs> I'm not going to let you talk to my wife, okay? <laughs> no, because my okay, wife. Okay, no. If you know what, if you're if you're happily married, then then just stick to the shorter distances. <laughs> now, my wife is a marathon runner, uh, and I've run I've run New York City uh, once. Oh, nice. And I've done uh, I've done a number of half marathons, so I understand the endurance being there a little bit more easily when you're older um yeah. training for a half marathon doesn't seem as hard for me as, as no you know. and even a half iron man it's manageable yeah uh, the full full iron man it's it's flat out man and if you're married you your your marriage will take strain unless your partner is doing it with right, you right <laughs> um, i'm needless to say i'm divorced now oh. <laughs> so you're still doing iron man is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm now in a I'm very happily involved in a, in another relationship, okay. and I'm. I'm just sticking. I'm sticking to the halves now. <laughs> very good. That, <laughs> I've learned my lesson. <laughs> that is absolutely impressive. The Ironman is uh, has always been one of those um, events where I'm like, these guys are all either incredibly insane or beyond dedicated because I can't understand how you can do however many miles it is in the water and a full marathon and then. What what is it like? One hundred and thirteen miles on a bike? Yeah, Oof. yeah, it's one hundred and eighty k's, which I, I think it is. It's one hundred and thirteen wow. miles. That's crazy, but good on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. All right, um, <laughs> let's do a let's do a lightning round because I'm keeping you awfully long. Okay. Are right, you ready? Ready for it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. First thing that comes to your head. Ready? Swim, bike, run. What's your weakest? Swim. All right. Uh, what is your running sneaker of choice? Uh, Nike Air Pegasus or Asics. Cool. Uh, Buckley versus Big Bill in a dance contest. Oh, Buckley, definitely. <laughs> uh, I'll take him. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, Buckley versus Leary in a karaoke sing-off. Uh, yeah. I, I, wow. <laughs> I I think when Buckley's had a few drinks, I think he might just get lively. I think I think he holds himself back. <laughs> but I think if he were to let go and really kind of I, I think I think you'd I think I think Leary would have his, his work cut out for him. Nice. All right, very good. All right, uh zombie apocalypse comes. Who in the cast is your backup? Definitely Joe Taslin. Nice. <laughs> I'll take him in any battle. <laughs> Yeah, totally, dude. <laughs> What's your uh, favorite South African wine? Um, Mirlust Rubicon. That sounds very exotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a Bordeaux 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 style blend. Cool. And it's yeah, it's really good. All right. And uh, what's your favorite South African catchphrase? How's it, China? 
Ooh, what does that mean? Yeah, well, you see, this this is something that a, a lot of the cast were rather startled at when they when they arrived here, and they heard all these South Africans saying, "How's it, China?" and "What does that mean?" And it it is it goes back to rhyming Cockney slang. Oh wow! And it's so it's actually it's a London it's a London phrase, and it's a London it's London Cockney slang, and so for instance, if you're going to talk about your wife. It would be the trouble and strife. That was mm-hmm. they would find something that rhymed with what they were going to say. Right. And so, if you were saying "my old mate," "hello, my old mate," you would be saying "China plate," "hello, me old China plate," as in a, a piece of China Chinese porcelain, right, right, China. Right. So, I, I just thought, in terms of you asked the question earlier about you know racism and the show yeah. and the political correctness. That was that was a phrase that. That it took a lot of people by by surprise wow. and started a lot of very interesting <laughs> uh, con- conversations, yeah. and 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 that is it is a it is a phrase which which you need to be aware of if you are coming to South Africa and and you're of Chinese descent. It's not no one is 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 being in any way slanderous or derogatory. It's just it's it's um I suppose they are being slightly ignorant. Oh wow! But uh, yeah. So that's it's an unusual South African catchphrase, and it's used all the time. Yeah, I mean, it really depends, I guess, where you're hanging out <laughs> and who you're hanging out with. Wow, very. Uh, cool. If you're hanging out in Johannesburg, you'll you'll you probably hear it. Uh, uh, still, still, uh, see, I don't know if it is cool. Ah, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. It's just a, it's um. It's it's certainly an interesting conversation started there. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Um, and last lightning round, and it's a trick question, so hopefully you get it right and I don't have to prod you. But what's your favorite podcast oh about Kung Fu and martial arts movies and TV <laughs> entertainment? <laughs> um, it's definitely the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast. Yes, good answer. It's, it's like the best in the universe. <laughs> All right, you played that a little bit too much there, but nah, <laughs> no, <damn>. no. <laughs> all right. Beyond season two of Warrior, what else do you have going on? What is coming down the pike for you? What's what's the next half Iron Man that's going on for you? Yeah, well, there's there's a, a potential film project in the works, and that's for early next year, and that's a, a South African project, and there's also a theater project as well, which I'm hoping will 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 be able to fit in somewhere. Um, uh, and obviously, yeah, we'll be looking forward to to shooting more Warrior and. Uh, in terms of races, I've I've actually I've got quite a full calendar. Um, I'm I'm doing a, a multi-stage mountain bike race in a month's time, Ooh. and um, and then I've got a half Ironman here in November, and then a a team a bike race. It's a team time trial, 200k team time trial that happens here every year that I'm I'm part of wow. um, most years. And then I'm hoping to get the Xterra South Africa into my schedule for early next year. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things. Is sometimes you have producers who allow you to do these things and sometimes you don't. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I kind of surrender to whichever producer I'm working with at any given moment. And uh, hopefully I can get to do these races and... You know, the, the best part is that I'm, I'm getting out there and I'm keeping fit and having a good time training. Yeah. So I, whenever I, I can't do a race, I, I, it doesn't bother me. 
And um, it's always a, a great way to book a job is to either enter a race or book a vacation. <laughs> Just tempting that timing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> all right, where can, uh, where can my audience go then to follow uh, all of your adventures? I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on Instagram mm-hmm. and I'm on Twitter, just as me, at Langley Kirkwood. Cool. And um, I'm just going to give a little shout out as well to, to the Matchbox Africa, which is the charity that our that the Warrior Cast support. If you want to go and support them, uh, you can just get on to if Google Matchbox Africa. Um, their, their website will come up, and they do have a um, a PayPal account. Do you want me to give you the details of the PayPal account? Absolutely. Uh, if, if, if people want to donate, yep. uh, it's a really worthy charity. And it is Verena, which is V-E-R-E-N-A, at Matchbox, which is M-A-T-C-H-B-O-X, hyphen Africa, A-F-R-I-C-A dot com. Awesome. I will put that link in the show notes as well. So if you want to support That'll that be amazing. cause, feel free to check out the, the links there. Langley Kirkwood, thank you so much for taking some time out. You're an inspirational dude. Um, I love Walter Buckley. Um, I'm hoping that you don't do a bolo and disappear for season three. So <laughs> <laughs> No intention to going anywhere. You're going to have a very difficult time getting rid of this of this guy. Very cool. Very cool. I'm looking forward to, uh, to season two and uh, seeing much more of you uh, on screen and uh, and hearing about all of your race adventures. But thank you again so much for taking some time out. I wish you the best of luck, sir. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Many thanks to Langley Kirkwood for joining me on the show. It was such a great time learning about the man behind Warriors, Walter Buckley, and such an inspiring visit too. Any guy who makes his first triathlon ever, the Ironman, is just straight up badass and it motivates me to keep pushing myself as well. Now, other than his extreme athletics, Langley also flexes his philanthropic muscles with Matchbox Africa, which is supported by the cast of Warrior. It's a charity doing some amazing work by working to improve the quality of life and learning for children growing up in South African townships. And you can find out more at matchbox-africa.com. And if you're moved to contribute, you can donate via PayPal to verina at matchbox-africa.com. And all those links will be in the show notes. Meanwhile, be sure to follow Langley at all his socials and give me a follow as well on all of mine. And if you're on Twitter, check out my fellow podcast pals at the hashtag Castaways. And finally, a big shout out to listener and friend of the show, AJ Ricciardi, who recently took home the USEACA welterweight Muay Thai championship. Nice job, AJ. Congratulations, and I wish you the best of luck with all of your other fights. That's going to wrap it up for me. So until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Okay, man, that was such a pleasure, dude. That was fun. It was actually re- really nice to talk about. I understand my my character so much better now than we've had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Poison Clan rocks the world.
this time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claw I see the iron fisted bunk before the daily prayers Shaolin monks on their hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah, the little bitch soldier is old otherwise Where he wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars then pause here the applause Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back The Tai Chi master, Jelly's even faster Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black, cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaol in the Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The shogun assassin slash and blood just drip drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got Irma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the bodies on the floor when the blood will splatter against the walls. No fear at all, to kill them all. There's always blood spill when you head into a war. Fearless, unleashed. The fist of legend that they call Jet Lee. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little